I wanted to start this morning uh, by just just clarifying a little bit what may be an inaccurate or an incomplete uh, sermon title. The sermon title says, It's Just a Phase. And you guys have entered phases as parents. You've entered phases as adults. You've entered phases maybe as the child or the student, uh, whatever the case may be. We all have different phases of life that we've gone through. This whole video just showed a phase, the different phases of this young lady. Now, what is one of the main statements that parents or that other parents, well-intended parents, say to uh, folks when they say it's just a phase? Finish that sentence. It's just a phase. It'll pass They'll grow out of it. Whatever it is, they're encouraging you to to just hang on because um, it'll pass. It'll pass quick enough. But I want to finish the sentence a little bit differently. It's just a phase. Don't miss it. Don't miss it because if we just think it's just a phase, it'll pass, or it's just a phase, they'll grow out of it, then all we're doing is anticipating the time that they grow out of it or we anticipate the time that it's gone. And if we do that, then we're missing the phase that they're in. And then before you know it, that phase is gone, and we wish we had it back. Don't miss it. Don't hurry it by. Don't wish it away. A year or so ago, I had a dad stop me and tell me um, that he got so frustrated driving his daughter here and there and everywhere. Uh, Whatever practice, whatever place, whatever um, activity, school dance, uh, just everything in life. You all just fill in the blank. You know what it's like to drive a child everywhere they need to go. And he said, I just couldn't wait for her to get her license. And as she got her license and she began driving a couple years before she went off to college, he stopped and he went, man, I wish I could drive her around some more. I wish I could still put her in the car with me, and I wish she was still dependent upon me to take her somewhere. That dad would look at you and say, don't miss it. Now, I'm sure he would also admit it was really handy. Parents of teenagers who drive, it's really handy, but there's still a time when you miss it. I actually put it out on Facebook this week just to ask this question. What was a phase or a time frame that you miss or that you wish you could have back? If you could go back and do again. I was really anticipating the moms or the dads saying, I miss holding my baby. I miss cuddling with them. I miss daddy's going, I miss my little girl running to me yelling daddy and jumping up into my arms. I really expected stuff like that. And what I got in response was kind of funny. Of course, those things are the obvious ones. But the, the responses were, don't worry, I'm not sharing names of anybody who shared anything with me on Facebook. There are no, no names. Uh, we're going to keep it anonymous. From a mom whose kids are in the elementary phase, she said around the age of two and three, it was so frustrating that I couldn't do anything on their own, that they couldn't do anything on their own. It left no time for yourself. Yet now I watch videos of them at that age, and I miss the innocence and the fun they had, and I wish I could enjoy it, what if it wish I had enjoyed it more. From a mom who has grown children, she said this, In the midst of being in such a rush all the time, the kids would take too long in doing something. Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Um, I would jump in and do it to save time when this was a learning opportunity that they needed, like making their bed or tying their shoes or chores. From a mom who has a child that's uh, finishing the high school phase, um, but she's um, apparently wanted a second chance, so now she's entering the elementary phase again. Um, 
She wanted to go back and just make memories. Here's what she said. I wish I had stayed up later. I wish I'd got messier, louder, be louder, be sillier, and be fun. There's some others that moms simply making uh, their son peanut butter and jelly sandwiches any hour of the night or day. Uh, that was apparently a big thing for him. Another mom who misses the craziness, crazy busy schedule, crazy kids, and even their picking and fighting. Moms and dads are in the midst of that. Can't even imagine that yet. I've gotten these responses, and I've prepared this sermon, and yesterday, like God was saying, you remember what you're preparing for? The back seat was crazy, crazy. I even had one mom, and this is going to blow your mom. I had, I had a mom who, who said that she misses her child in the grocery cart with her at the grocery store. There's a few laughters because you understand what that means. I can't wrap my mind around missing the opportunity of, of insanity and, and taking your child to the grocery. I know you do everything possible to make sure that you do grocery shopping without them. One, it costs more. Two, mom, can I have? Dad, can I get? Dad, 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 mom, 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 over and over and over again. And grabbing it and putting it in the cart. I was notorious for that as a kid, by the way. Uh, my mom didn't know it until it got rung up or until uh, she unloaded it from the grocery bag. Kids, don't try that. They're in the fellowship center. Don't try that, okay? Don't do that. A mom nearing the end of the high school phase, she said, I miss kids being in the vehicle with me. When they were little, it was often stressful and loud. They were off, there were often arguments and complaints. However, there were also times of laughter and singing. Now I am often in the van by myself, and I miss them. All of, them, all of their marbles are nearly gone. Did you catch that? These parents are looking at you, or if they, they could look at you on the stage, they would look at you and say, don't miss it. Don't miss the noise. Don't miss the crazy. Don't miss the chaos. Don't miss the fighting. Don't miss the arguing, the van rides, and even the grocery store. Don't miss it. Um, now, I know many in the fellowships hall are, are in the midst of raising kids. Those in this room, we're in the midst of raising kids. And we kind of, we look at this and we can't really imagine that. Uh, there's some in this room, there's some across the hall that maybe don't have kids. Or your kids are grown. Now, I want to look at you and say, don't check out, don't miss this, because uh, there's a strategic opportunity for you guys to partner with us, you guys to jump in with us, okay? So this sermon is, is for more than just the parents of young children. I want us to realize that, that God has called us, whether we have our own children or not, to help and to partner with each other. That's what the church is here for. Moms and dads, those sitting next to you, these are your partners, uh, whether they know it or not or whether they're willing to accept it yet or not, hopefully by the end of this they'll think, you know what, I need to partner with that mom or with that dad. And when I say um, we need your help, we need your help because it's hard. Parenting is hard. Par parenting is chaotic. Today is Mother's Day. We should have more of these than just one time a year for the things that you all endure, the things that you all do for our children, the things that, that just happen on a daily basis for moms. But today is Mother's Day, and we are celebrating it. Um, and so when I began thinking about what, what it looked like to, to have uh, this job of parenting and, and how difficult it is, um, I thought of the phrase or the, the, the saying of this, there's something I never thought I'd say before I was a parent. Anybody got anything in their mind that you never thought you'd say before you were a parent? 
If you can't think of anything, I'll let me share a few, okay? Because these are good. These are our, our, some of our church people. Again, I will keep it anonymous, um, and, and I will limit it. I had over 50 responses uh, from parents who said, I never thought I'd say this before I had kids. Yes, you have to use soap when you take a bath. We do not ride the dog. Poop and, body, and private body parts do not have to be mentioned in every conversation. Stop licking the windows. Oh, this is from my mom. Um, <laughs> get off the fridge. That's me. Come here. Let's see if you need stitches again. That's me. You put your brother in the dryer. That's me. Anyway, we're going to skip past her. She's got more. Uh, please stop eating your shoe. Why did you lick the dog? Please stop drinking from the dog's bowl. Why is there poop on the wall? Poop is apparently a theme for young children. Um, how did you manage to pee on the shower curtain? Don't drink out of the toilet. Don't pick your sister up by her neck. Find your pants so we can go home. <laughs> Naked or not, we're going to church. Don't pee in the bathtub. No, you can't pee outside. We're at Walmart. Why is the cat purple? Did you bite the cat? I don't care if the cat bit you first. Now, what's so funny about that, that one and this next one is these were older, these were older children. Like, I, I promise they're probably teenagers at this point. These seem recent. Why is there a Polly Pocket in my Keurig? So all of that to say this, there is way more. Some of them I, I'm just not sharing from up here. Um, Parenting is hard. There are things that, that you never thought you would have to do or to say before you had children. And so that's where we need you guys, non-parents or parents of older children. We need you guys to come around us and to help us in our craziness, to help us maybe when we're failing, or maybe even we need a, I need another man in my son's life who's going to say the same things I'm saying who's going to rally behind me. I need somebody other than just my wife sharing truths in my daughters to tell them some of the same biblical truths, some of the same things that I'm telling them or my wife is telling them. Parents who've had children and, and raising children, you have had a point in time where you've told some, your child something 100,000 times. Someone else has said it, an outside voice has said it, and they come home and said, hey, guess what? So-and-so just told me this. It was amazing. And you look at them like, I've said that. So the point is this. Sometimes those outside influences are helpful. All right? So Brother Scott is, is in James right now. And I'm going to jump forward in James, but I'm going to continue on in this theme of James. Um, we're going to go to James 4.13. And for those of you who are a little particular in OCD, don't worry. He's going to come back and fill in the blanks. All right, some of you guys are going, he's skipping verse chapter 3. He's skipping chapter 3 and the first part of uh, chapter 4. So if you got your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. 
Now, I'm going to unpack this just a little bit, and I'm going to look uh, really just at the, the first part of chapter 4. Uh, we're not going to read it, but I just want to set that up a little bit. James is really uh, telling us here in the beginning part of, of, of chapter 4 that it's a warning against arrogance. It's a warning against trying to play God and do it yourself. It's a warning against those things. So, James, uh, here's five rules that we can infer from James in verse 13. Rule number one is selfishly choose your own time and schedule. Selfishly choose your own time and schedule. Again, now let me remind you, this is as if we were doing it on our own without God's help or even playing the role of God. That's what this is looking like, okay? So the, uh, the beginning of verse 13 says this, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow. Rule number two says, Select the location that pleases you. Select the location that pleases you. You And the verse says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town. You select the location. You're on your own. It's all about you. Rule number three says, Limit your stay to please yourself. Limit your stay to please yourself. The verse says, And spend a year there. Now, a year might be an appropriate amount of time, but who knows? It sounds like you're deciding it yourself, and it's all about you. Rule number four that we can look at in verse 13 says this. Arrange your activities so that they work primarily for your own benefit and pleasure. That's where he's saying we can go there and trade. Arrange your activities so that they work primarily for your own benefit and pleasure. Rule number five. Predict your success and boast about it. The verse says go and make profit. Predict your success and boast about it. This entire verse sets a tone um, for my for my main focus, which is verse thir- for verse excuse me verse fourteen. And now I had this little internal conflict going on about this verse and about what this would necessarily look like. This is really fun, by the way, hearing hearing myself in reverb. Um, so the entire verse sets a tone for for verse fourteen, and the conflict is this: I some of the illustrations you see out in the foyer. Some of the illustrations I've taught before, there's marbles on the wall, there's marbles on my desk, there's marbles here and there, and that's an illustration that I've used many times to help us as parents to to create this visual illustration about planning ahead. So now I'm looking at verse 13 and going, okay, now James is warning us against planning ahead. Well, we're going to come back to that. Because even in uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So if I'm looking at these marbles, let me explain the marbles, just so you don't think Mike is afraid he's going to lose his marbles, so he has extras, which is pretty accurate as well. These marbles illustrate our number of weeks that we have to influence our children before graduation. I know for some parents in this room, you're already looking at me going, He's doing it again. I hate this illustration. We don't like this illustration because it hurts, because it shows us that our time is limited. But if we ignore the fact that our time is limited, then, then we're missing a great opportunity to, to strategically work on using that time correctly. It's estimated from birth to graduation, there's 936 weeks or 936 marbles. Now, I want to share with you about my kids. Um, this will allow you to understand a little bit about... Um, 
how I'm using this to, to, to influence my kids. Now, I've planned this, and, and now it's like striking me a little bit differently now that I'm in front of everybody talking. So here we go. This is Jennings. Hi, my name is Jennings, but most people call me JJ. I am finishing up second grade at Lincoln Trail Elementary. I love to dance and play softball. Something that you may, a lot of people may not know about me is that I like to write songs for fun. I have 525 weeks for my parents to influence me before I'm off on my own. I pray that my parents spend those weeks wisely, help me to be ready for when I'm sitting in my college dorm room, and I have to navigate and make choices on my own. Now, here's my next one. Her face says it all right there. That's Kennedy. Hi, I'm Kennedy. I'm fun, crazy, and, sp and I have a spunky personality. A lot of people say I get it from my daddy. I love playing soccer and basketball. I go 100 miles an hour from the time I wake up until the time I finally fall asleep, sometimes under the mattress, which is like her new thing. I don't know. Um, I love taking care of my little brother, and I have a very big heart. My parents have 682 weeks of influence left with me until I take off to college. If you are reading this, will you come alongside and partner with my mommy and daddy? Parenting is hard, and I need other voices in my life that will be saying the same thing as them. Now, here's my little man. My name is Asher, and I'm only two years old. I'm a good mix of my mommy and daddy. I'm always smiling. I talk nonstop, and I have fun, and having fun is my number one focus. Now, you can decide which attribute belongs to which of us, mom or dad. At this point, mommy and daddy have 838 weeks until my high school graduation. That seems kind of crazy that my daddy would make a picture frame that counts down the time until I graduate, but I know he really wants to have a visual reminder that each week matters and that he and mommy need to spend each week wisely. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, before I go and, and, and get, like, Brother Scott gets emails and letters about how depressing Micah was on Mother's Day, um, just hang with me, okay? I know it's tough, and I know it's hard, and I, I know there's some of you that are, are trying to check out just because you don't want to accept that reality. Now, I want to look at something with you guys. There are some people in this room that, that don't remember this um, because now if we want to go somewhere on a trip, what do we do? We punch it in, right? If we want to go on a trip, we punch it in. But we still plan ahead for that trip, correct? We still go and we tell Siri where we want to go. We tell uh, our ways app. We tell TomTom. Tom, we tell whatever it is that we use now. We still tell them where to go. And we tell other points of, of places along the way. We still plan ahead. We don't just get in a car and head south and hope that we make it to our destination unless you're, like, phenomenal with directions. Um, but, but you didn't used to be able to do that. You didn't used to be able to select Morgan Freeman to tell you your directions on the Waze app, which, was, which is pretty cool. Shaq is on there now, too, if you're not. If you, anybody? No? Okay. Um, that, back in the day, you had to use this. Noah, do you know what this is? You have no idea. A map? There you go. They might know it from Dora. Now, here's the way it used to go. This is my mom and dad, by the way. Billy, I think we're going to take a right up here. Are we taking a right or are we not? I don't know. Hang on. Let me see. 
The exit's coming up. Tell me before I miss it. Yes, yes, take it now. And he tries to veer off very quickly to, before he misses the, um, the exit. And, and in the middle of doing this, I'm like, I've got to fold this thing back up before next service. That was another challenge that you don't have now with uh, your Garmin system or anything else like that. But the thing is, before you make a trip, you would map from Elizabethtown, and you would go down, and you would highlight it, and then you got to the state line, and then you'd have to grab another map, and then you'd have to follow that line down. And if you're going on a longer trip, you have like five or six of these things, which, by the way, it's hard to even find one. I didn't make it to AAA. Where's she at? Somebody in here works at AAA. Anyway, I didn't make it to AAA, so like you used to be able to stop at any gas station and get one. They don't even carry them hardly anymore. So um, you had to map it, and you had to use multiple maps, but you had to work strategically to plan ahead to get where you wanted to go. And you had to work hard to actually do it. Now we, do, we strategically map it out and plan ahead, but we just punch it in our system. But we still get mad at the system, right? Anybody ever yelled at their phone or their GPS system? You know you have. <laughs> it doesn't really do a lot of good. It's a, it's a computer, um, just in case you weren't aware of that. Um, going on a map, going on a trip with a map is like parenting. You can't blindly go and hope you get to where you want to be. You have to go with the end in mind. On your trip, you have to go with the end in mind. Here's my destination. That's where I want to go. Parenting, where is our destination? Where do we want them to go? What is our end in mind? Ultimately, they are going to leave someday. That's the plan, correct? The plan is for us to raise them so that they will one day leave and they will one day uh, be supportive on their own. There's some parents nudging their kid like, are you hearing him? <laughs> You're leaving one day, all right? That's some older kids that are maybe still at home. But the point is this, you have to plan. And so for us as parents, here's our end in mind. Is that graduation time frame? And is your influence totally gone at, at high school graduation? Not totally, but that's when your main level of influence has passed. That's when these students are either going out on their own and getting a place and a job, or that's when they're going out to college. And when they're in their college dorm room, guess what? They don't have to check in with mom and dad. We don't know what they're doing every minute of the day or the night. So we need to make sure that we are parenting with the end in mind. So if we map things out to make sure that we are going where we want to go on a trip, let's do the same thing in parenting. All right? So here's, a, here's another thing I've got. 936 from birth to graduation. Which would be better to strategically use each week and, and spend time investing to leverage your influence in them strategically each week, one marble at a time, one week at a time, or, or like I did in, in high school and college and try to cram it in at the end. Now, I made it through, um, decent grades for the most part, um, but the point is this, cramming doesn't always work. Now, some of you guys may be going, but I'm already at the 52-week mark. It's better late than never. I'm encouraging the parents who are at the 936 
or the 830-something, like I said, for Asher. I'm encouraging the parents who, who, who still have some. It's like if, if I encourage you to, to, to prepare for retirement. Not preparing just because you're 50 years old doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You're going to have less time to kind of maybe put in, but it goes for both, the 20-year-old or the 50-year-old. You still want to invest in your retirement. Now, let's go back to the conflict and the conflict resolution with uh, James chapter 13. Now, earlier I said that we're, we're told to plan ahead, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then we're looking at James 4.13 that, that kind of gives some warnings against doing it ourselves. Here's the main difference. James 4.13 is under the, the, the guideline of you're doing it on your own. You're playing the role of God. And you're leaving God out of the equation on every decision you make. What if we turn James 4.13 into a prayer? A prayer for ourselves, a prayer for um, our children, a prayer for our, our, our families, those that we're helping to influence next to us. Here's how it could look. God, show where it is you want me today or tomorrow. I will go to such and such town. I will lead my children and I will spend however long it is that you want me there. I will do whatever job or task it is that you have for me. I will go with my family, and I will trust that you will take care of all of my needs. When we look at that, we, we see that we are including God into the mix. That, that really helps us to enter into verse 14 a little bit differently. That um, we, can, we can go, we're not going into it blindly. We are entering parenthood. Because if James is saying that we are only here for a short time, that's way more true about our parenting. We're only here for a short time. Four stages. I'm going to speed it up just a little bit. There's four phases that I want us to look at. The first one is the preschool phase. I want us to embrace their physical needs. Establish a foundation of trust. That's what our preschoolers need. They need to know that everything is okay. Parents leading in, in this uh, snotty nose phase, the diapers, the why questions, or just the endless questions. You may want to scream at times, but just know it is just a phase. Don't miss it. Embrace their physical needs. Help them establish a foundation of trust. The elementary phase. Engage their interests. You need to earn relational credit. Earn relational credit. Elementary phase parents look at a statement like, look at me, I've got this. And it, this might help you look at it a little bit differently. Yes, you might still get annoyed at times, but you, you may go into this elementary phase a little bit differently. Now, the middle school phase. We need to infer, affirm, not infirm, that's not really a thing, affirm their personal journey. We need to perform. Prove a relational commitment. Middle schoolers need us because it is a minefield. It's a minefield for them. It's a minefield for us as parents as we, as we help try to help them navigate through that. So you need to go into that maybe a little bit prepared. And, and, and parents or non-parents, this is when people need really some rallying behind. Um, if they didn't need it in preschool and elementary, they'll definitely need it from here and on up. High school phase. Mobilize their potential. Leverage relational influence. You need to leverage relational influence. I can't speak at the end of this thing, sorry. How can I help you be who you were created to be? Now, 
for the rest of us in this room. Some of you guys are in the college phase, the post-college phase. The college phase, you're working to get that degree. You're deciding if God is in the mix or not. You're making choices with God or without God. Hopefully, we've done our job and you're doing it with God. But this is speaking directly to you, college age. This is the time where you get to make the choice. Is God in the mix or is he not? Now, post-college, you've worked hard. You've gotten through the crazy testings. You've gotten through the finals. Now they've given you a piece of paper that you can do something. Now you've got to find somebody who's going to let you. Okay? So um, that, and then your parents are laughing because they're like, yeah, you do. I just paid a lot for that piece of paper. So during that post-college phase, now you have to decide what it is that you're going to do. Are you going to go to such and such town? Are you going to include God in that? Or are you going to do it like James 4.13 was talking about? You're going to do it all by yourself. Now, the 30s and 40s, some of you guys, uh, maybe you're in that phase, and um, somewhere in the 20s, you met a girl. Hopefully, you have did that correctly, choosing them with God or without God. Um, hopefully, God is in the mix. And now you're, you're looking at your families. You're looking at buying a house. You're looking at uh, having children. You're looking at these different things for the 30s and 40s phase. And now, not that everything after this is lumped together, but for speed's sake, I'm going to just say the 50-plus phase. And I know there's a whole lot that can happen in that 50-plus phase. Some of you guys are still finishing raising your own children. You're still in that phase. Some of you guys are in the, entering into the grandparent phase. Some of you guys are um, entering maybe closer to the retirement phase. Whatever the phase that you're entering, I want you to guys to, to, even in the midst of those, don't miss it. College guys, you, you're going to look back and think, man, didn't, that just, didn't I just start and now I'm finishing? Don't miss it. That doesn't mean go crazy. That just means don't miss it. All right? Now, in the midst of all of those phases, <clears throat> you might find yourself in the midst of an illness phase. You might, God, God might have, have um, placed in your life a, a physical illness, uh, a cancer, or something else going on. And I talked to a couple people who, who've been through some things and, and they said to me that they didn't now on the other side of it or still in the midst of it to not miss it. Yes, they would rather do without it, but don't just go through it to be through it. Don't just go through it to get past it. Be in the midst of it. Excel from it. Grow from it. In everything you do, make sure that you are, are living in that phase and living through that phase not just to get past it. Because if you get past it, you think, I missed some key opportunities that I could have either witnessed or grown or anything like that. So the main focus, obviously, today is for parenting. But anybody else, I want you to say, don't miss it. Everyone in this, phase, everyone in this room has a phase. No matter where you're at in life, there's a phase that you're in. There's a phase that you're going through. So as we close... Here's what I want to challenge you guys to, is I want to challenge you to, if you're a parent, I want to challenge you to begin thinking about what that phase looks like as you continue on, whether they're still in the baby phase, the early on phase, or, or they're, they're kind of getting up here, which is somehow getting earlier and earlier, second graders are walking up to me, and I'm like looking at them eye level. So no matter what phase you're in, I want, I want to challenge you as parents to, to make a commitment. Maybe you need to come down with your, your, your spouse and you need to pray together and you think, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to raise my children 
more for the Lord than I ever have before. If they're in the room with you, maybe you bring them down front and you pray over them. Maybe you, again, don't have children. You're not in that phase or stage yet of life um, or, or your children are grown, whatever the case may be. Maybe this is where you say, you know what? I, I see somebody who could use my help. Parents, don't get offended that they think you could use your, their help. They're not seeing anything necessarily wrong. We can all use someone else's help. So maybe that's where you come down here and you say, you know what, I'm going to strategically, I'm going to find someone that I can help influence. I've been there, done that. I didn't have it all figured out, but I want to partner with these parents. And maybe you come down in front and pray. Maybe you already see somebody in the room and you're like, you know what, I want to partner with them. So maybe you'll come down front and you'll begin to pray. Now, maybe, maybe you guys think, if, if I'm entering into this phase of raising my children, if I am wanting to, to go through the 20s and 30s phase a little bit better, if I'm wanting to do these things in my life, maybe I need Jesus. Maybe I need Jesus to come in and take control. And for the first time, I'm going to ask Jesus to come in and say, God, you know what? I'm sorry I've sinned. And if I'm going to, to really succeed or to win in this phase of, the li of my life that I'm in right now, I need you. No matter where you're at in the phase of life that you're in, I think there's a call to action of some kind today. You don't have to come down front, but you can you know, bow your head and close your eyes wherever you're at. You can decide that no matter what's going on in your life, that you can trust in Jesus and that you can have him to take control. So moms, be encouraged today. Don't, don't just think, oh my goodness, Micah has just really pointed out even more so how quickly my time is passing and now I'm depressed on Mother's Day. Thanks. You're welcome. Don't just be depressed. I think there's a healthy level of... of, of conviction there. There's a healthy level of that, but use that also as an opportunity to, to plan ahead, to map it out and decide where it is that you want to go next with your children. So let's close in prayer and then we'll have a moment to respond. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We pray that as we are closing that you will help us in the phase of life that we're in. Because it is difficult. Parents on Facebook shared uh, missing some of those things, looking back and wishing they could have some of it back. But us parents that are still in the midst of it are kind of screaming at times. Um, we're kind of pulling our hair out at times. But God, we need your help. We need the help of your people around us, godly men and women, to help influence our daughters and our sons. Maybe there's not a dad in the home and there needs to be a good male influence. Maybe there's not a lady in the home and, and they need a good lady to help out. So God, whatever the phase that we're in in life, help us to not miss it. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But also at the same time, not plan ahead without you in it. Help us to plan ahead with you at the forefront of it, with you as our focus in everything we do as a parent. We ask all this in your name.